Nobody really talks about exactly how to seal it. We've moved the chest freezer out onto the board. Nobody talks about which model. Huge smart things you can do for a chest freezer. This guy's the real deal. We're gonna, awesome. we're gonna plug into the faucet. What is, what is the biggest mistake you see people making? What's going on friends? It's Kurt here. And on this episode, I'm actually gonna show you how I built my own chest freezer cold plunge. So this is a Maytag freezer, chest freezer that I got. It's a 14 cubic foot freezer. That's a chest freezer, but I've actually repurposed it and filled it with water. And now it is a temperature controlled cold plunge that I use for cryotherapy. And I use it four or five, maybe six nights a week. And it's been an awesome, awesome enhancement to my lifestyle in terms of my physical recovery, my workout recovery, and just adding quality in terms of my sleep. So for my normal protocol, what I try to do is, is time my, my plunges so that I don't do them right after I work out. You want a couple hours of inflammation before you start to stunt it with, with cold exposure. So for me, I just got done lifting about 5.15, 5.30, so it's been three hours. So I'm in good shape to go full in and do a full cold plunge. In, in today's case, I'm actually just gonna jump all in and just go for the whole shebang. Rule of thumb, that's a golden rule, is you always wanna unplug everything on the chest freezer, including the chest freezer itself, before you go in. So I've got three three plugs for the actual timer and the ozone generator and the actual fridge. So once I unplug everything, I'm good to go. The last thing I do is I just reposition the actual pump along with the ozone generator pebble. I put those in the corner and I brush my feet off here with this mat to kind of get any debris that's on my, my actual feet. Take a minute and just go in as easy and quick as possible. This is at 51 right now, 52. It's not that cold, so there's no risk of any sort of frostbite or issues like that for five minutes, 10 minutes. Generally for me, I usually just play a song on my phone and then I just, or I'll just meditate here out in this environment and I will just allow myself to sort of experience the, the calmness that kind of washes over you, if you will, from the cold exposure. So the biggest thing was getting a chest freezer itself. A lot of them are sold out due to COVID. 19, a lot of people are buying chest freezers to actually store food. In this case, I found this at a local appliance shop here. We called around for about two and a half, three weeks looking for chest freezers. I found one, it had a dent in the back, but functionally it was perfectly fine. I went and inspe inspected it and then bought it on site. Once you get your chest freezer, for most of you, and we talk about this at length in the video, a 14 cubic foot is gonna be about right for most people. Some people might wanna go larger you're probably not gonna to wanna to go much smaller. This gives you the great amount of store for water capacity. It's gonna give you a nice balance of not too much water, not too much weight, but give you enough to really work with in terms of your chest freezer and what you want. So the Maytag 14 cubic foot chest freezer, we go over pricing, show you what the options are online later in the video, is what I picked. What you see here is JB water weld. This is epoxy water weld that goes along the seams. We have applied that all throughout the water inside before we put water in this we actually put the seams on the bottom and along the side here a lot of chest freezers are going to have seams and you want to make sure that they're welded and a lot of people debate what's the best weld to put in there if you go to the chest freezer cold plunge group and you look at the data and what we have in terms of information jb water weld is one of the best things to apply it's very very durable it's used to seal spas pools ponds and it bonds underwater. So it's a very strong epoxy that works really well and adds a lot of durability. You don't wanna have your chest freezer filled with water and then six months down the line, you're rusting through the actual layers and then your compressor gets rusted and the whole thing fails on you. That's just not what I wanted. I wanted something that could last me three, four, five years without having any sort of issues. So we put JB water weld in here. What you see here coming in here is an inkbird timer. So. On this shelf here, we have a few things. We have a basic spa filter. This is just something where if some hair came off while I was plunging or something, some sort of, sort of debris was in there, I could filter it out of the water. On the actual rack here, we have an ozone generator. Now, with water sanitation, you need to look at two things. You wanna look at circulation of water and filtration, and you wanna look at sanitation. When you look at sanitation, there's many things you can do. Some people use hydrogen peroxide. Some people use different sort of Epsom salts, things like that. They can be corrosive to the inside of the freezer. I chose the kind of the most expensive option, but also one of the most 
proven ones in terms of what we know as far as water sanitation, an ozone generator. Now, with the ozone generator, this one is called a JED engineering ozone generator. We're gonna link this in the video description. These guys make a weather boxed one that's specifically designed to be used for these types of chest freezer cold plunges. And what this thing does is it's rated for about 20,000 hours. You really only need to run it about a half hour to an hour a day. I have it on a timer where it's gonna run 30 minutes at midnight, 30 minutes at noon, and it's gonna shut off. What that does is it bubbles up from the bottom here out of this tube, a pebble of ozone. Ozone essentially will bubble up out of this tube and in, in the water, it'll be submerged. And then the spa filter here that we have will actually circulate the water and filter it through the actual thing. But as it's bubbling, the spa filter is gonna run through and actually allow for the sanitation to basically take a full effect throughout the entire entirety of the water. What we did for the install on this was we drilled a hole for the actual tubing because there is a gas, an ozone gas that comes through here. And if you look at the top of the freezer, we have some insulation here that just kind of plugs up the hole and keeps things like critters from going in there, but it gives it enough space where we can actually allow the tubing to feed in the ozone. So generally speaking, for this setup, I have what's called an Inkbird timer, which is temperature control timer. That will control the temperature, which I'll show you here in a second. I've got an ozone generator for the water sanitation, and then we have a marine spa water filter pump, which circulates the water. That keeps the water clean, and as long as you're diligent about showering before you go in, making sure you're very clean, and anyone else who uses it is very clean when they go in, and then you wear something like your swimming trunks to kind of keep yourself somewhat covered, then, in general, in theory, this will be about six months before you have to actually swap out the water. So my friend John here is quite the cold plunge master. And John is gonna walk us through our process here. All right, so John, what do we have here as far as equipment goes? What do we, what do we need? Obviously, we did a lot of the pre-work right. with our um, Zoom call. Yes. So, so maybe you could just walk us through it. A uh, big thing to start with, we've got the chest freezer, which right <laughs> now is a big thing because they're in high demand. They're very hard to find their back orders. So that was a, just a, a gem of a find. So I just found myself a chest freezer, 14, 15 cubic foot. There is some damage on the back of it. You can kind of see down here. I talked with John about this. It doesn't look like there's any damage to the compressor itself. There is no chest freezers anywhere in town. Uh, this exact, or very close to this same exact model, uh, you've got a Maytag freezer here, which uh, is owned by Whirlpool. And uh, these, these freezers are essentially the exact same chest freezer. You know, it's a major brand, it's a good high quality. Uh, mine has been working for three years now. So, uh, and I think, and that's even after all the rigmarole and the problems and everything else that it went through, the many iterations. So my uh, belief is that we can get this thing set up and uh, prepared in such a way that uh, we'll do it once, for you the right way and you should get you know I'm, I'm anticipating three to five years trouble free the other big components uh we're going to be the uh ozone generator so you decided to use the jed ozone generator for your water sanitation that's a big piece reland pump and filter this is a submersible pump and filter that'll go inside the chest freezer and that uh, creates the circulation as well as the filtration. So clean water, you need three things, sanitation, filtration, and circulation. So you've got that down. Uh, you've got a temperature controller, and this is just one of those just huge smart things you can do for a chest freezer to make sure that temperature is set and you don't have to fiddle with it. Um, so that's gonna keep the water at the constant temperature or in the range of temperatures that you set. The mat, the floor mat that will go inside the chest freezer, that's gonna help protect the inside floor from getting scratched or nicked. You've got the mats that are still in the box. Those will go underneath the chest freezer to support the bottom. These things aren't designed to hold all that water. Um, even with the, the, the chest freezers that are used for food, those bottoms can still sag. Yeah. So that, that mat will prevent that from happening. You've got a nice extension cord uh, to run the power out there. Uh, we'll plug in the controller, the ozone generator, and the, uh, the pump filter right here. You also got a nice uh, little uh, shelf unit. That shelf we'll use uh, to set up the, uh, the uh, ozone generator as well as the temperature controller. We'll go on there. And uh, then we've got all the JB water weld, which we're gonna use to seal the seams with. Uh, these two-part epoxy putties are one of the best, most reliable, long-lasting, do-it-yourself ways to seal the chest freezer. 
Very so cool. this is good stuff. And this is probably the most amount of work. It's labor intensive, but it's fairly simple. If you do it correctly, you gotta keep a few things in mind. So we'll do that. And then really the last thing is just to uh, drill a hole in the lid. So we're gonna spend most of our time today uh, putting together the ceiling of the chest freezer, drilling the hole. We are gonna take it outside. It's important to, it makes it a lot easier to work on the chest freezer if it's actually turned on its side. Okay. And uh, we'll put some mats down to protect the chest freezer and keep it in good shape. Outside has got good ventilation, which you do wanna have when you're using this stuff. Be sure to work in a well-ventilated area and that porch out there is gonna be perfect. Nice. So what we've done so far is we've moved the chest freezer out onto the porch, nice ventilated area, and we've turned it on the side and we've got it sitting on a mat so that the paint on the side doesn't get scratched up. And what we're gonna do now is just take uh, some sandpaper and we're gonna sand around all of the seams where we're gonna be applying the JB water weld. And that includes the vertical seam all around the bottom, all around the compressor compartment, and then this hor the uh, horizontal seam that goes between the plastic molding and the top of the metal wall. All right, so when you've got the JB water weld, uh, one of the things to keep in mind is that this stuff starts to harden pretty quickly. So you only wanna work in small amounts, maybe about half an inch to pull that off to start with, and then uh, you know put it on just a little bit at a time. When you've got more than one person, uh, when you've got two people, what you can do is have one person actually breaking it off and mixing the putty, and that will help. And they can hand it to the person who's in there applying it, or you can both break off pieces and mix it, and then that helps speed things up. You don't wanna break off too much, again, because the thing starts to harden pretty quickly. Besides not preparing the inside sufficiently, the other big concern about the JB Water Weld is people not completely mixing the product. You see there's two different colors on here. There's an off-white and sort of a more, of, this looks more of a yellowish or yellow-gray color. And it, when you mix it all together, it needs to turn to an off-gray. If you've got streaks in there, that's gonna cause a problem. It will not harden. And as a matter of fact, uh, it will not seal and it could be mushy uh, either on the outside or the inside once you apply it. So getting that stuff thoroughly mixed is extremely important. See that that inside putty there is all gray? Yep. It really shouldn't be that yellowish color. I'll break off about this much. So when you mix it, you want to flatten it out, roll it up, mush it, and just make sure that you've got no streaks of gray like that in there. It starts to get hard while you're doing this. Roll it into a ball. You probably did this as a kid with Play-Doh. Once you make that little snake out of it, that's what you're going to put into the, the seam. In there. Okay. start with, uh, I don't know if there's an easy one to shoot here. We'll just start with this bottom lower corner. You can just put that little snake on there like this. You're going to just start mushing it into the seam. And then I actually, you want to get it about half an inch on either side of the seam roughly. And I like to smooth the, uh, the edges down. That just makes it a little bit nicer transition. It's not as much of a visual thing, but you can get little pockets in there which can get water in it. And I wanna avoid that as much as possible. Too thick is okay, too thin could cause problems. So once you've got that in there, you're ready for the next piece. Nice. You've kind of specialized in this sort of arena of becoming a sort of subject matter expert. I quickly found out that you're in Austin. That's that's right. And I was like, holy crap, this is so cool. Like I've got a like I've got this guy and I want to do this exact exact thing. And you're here. And so I got your book. I read through it. It was really, really well um, detailed. And I went here and I wanted to ask you. So when you're thinking of picking a chest freezer for your cold plunge. What, um, what should we keep in mind at a high level? Like what are the most important things to consider? Um, I would say the, the, the very first thing is if you're, depending on what your budget is, you got well, you got to figure out your budget. And, okay. um, if you, if you've got it in the budget to buy a new chest freezer, that is going to be your best option to uh, have it last the longest. Um, new chest freezers, you can get cheaper free. Um, and just, there's a lot of things about picking out a new, a used chest freezer that you want to make sure before you buy one, otherwise it's going to be, or could be just a huge waste of money, uh, cause they can die a lot faster. But if we're, if we're looking at it from a new perspective, uh, the most important thing I can say is, uh, two things. Number one, pick a major brand. Uh, you want to okay. stick like in the U S it would be, uh, like, uh, Frigidaire, Whirlpool, Kenmore. 
Okay. Uh, those are going to be the big ones. So if you see, top, you know, thing three that came yeah. up. Yeah. And you, yeah, you want to, exactly. You want to find uh, a company that makes other things that you've heard of. I've heard of Whirlpool washing machines and Whirlpool refrigerators and, and the Whirlpool same thing with Frigidaire. Clubs. <laughs> they make yeah, exactly. Time, you know? Right. And so, you know, uh, so those little like, you know, Magic Chef or Insignia, it's like, those are, those are just knockoffs and they're, they're not okay. built as well, uh, which okay. kind of leads to the second thing, which is uh, you want to make sure that you get one that's got a, uh, if a white interior. Okay. If it's a bare metal interior, it's not going to be as strong and it's going to have way more problems. Down so you're line. talking about how this one is painted white on the inside. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah a lot of people think that it's plastic, um, but in fact, what it is, it's, um, it, it's not just aluminum that's in there. The, the walls are actually made of steel uh, or at least a steel alloy and they're not made of aluminum. And uh, that's that paint that's on there is an enamel based coat. that's coating that's applied at the factory. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty heavy duty coating that's on there. So, and I know that because I removed mine. <laughs> one of of the, the, yeah, but that paint is, is pretty good. Uh, the problem with the aluminum interiors, number one, is that they're very flimsy. I mean, I've had a, I had just a basic chest freezer that we were using for its intended purpose, food, and um, only after about six months of using it, uh, we, we, we didn't need it anymore. We went to sell it, and I found a two-inch crack or a split in the floor. Uh, the other issue with the aluminum is that uh, that stuff is not pure aluminum, and so you've got impurities in there that also will rust. That's, that's so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but I but I've seen other people's pictures. You know, after a year and a half, that they posted their chest freezers, and I just noticed the floors are all mangled and are bent and dented. So um, yeah, that that can cause problems, so and that could also cause problems with the seal. I mean, once you seal the seams, uh, that movement on the floor can cause issues too. So um, you know, I'm 160 pounds, five foot eight. Um, I'm thinking 14 cubic feet is like a good absolutely. spot for me. Um, budget, yes, absolutely. I think budget wise, like you know, I could go as high as 1500. I think I can keep it below that based on what I've read in your book. So then really any of these, uh, like the Kenmore, the Frigidaire, the Whirlpool, you think would be um, very fine options, even to make a Maytag maybe? I would check to make sure the uh, the Maytag has, a, uh, again, the white interior, uh, but Maytag is a, is a good well-known brand. It looks like it does. Yep. It looks yeah. like it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to look at the inside, make sure it's white and painted what, like at the factory. Um, and then what, um, I see some people do seven cubic foot. That kind of seems a little small to me. Yeah. I would not recommend that. Uh, even for the tiniest you know, person, uh, that's not a great idea. Those, those seven cubic foot chest freezers only come with the bare metal interior. So oh, they're okay. not going to really be that strong. Okay. Got it. So if you were me and you want to get a 14 cubic foot chest freezer, um, would you probably go to Google shopping. Would you, I mean, um, this is kind of like my go-to if I'm just like, I don't know where to look for anything. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a great place to start. And you'll find, uh, what I, what I really encourage folks to do or would encourage you to do is to look locally. Uh, you might also check with plumbing supply places. Um, because the problem with the big box stores is that, uh, you can't really get in touch with anybody that really knows what's going on about anything. So, um, in the several, like since the pandemic thing has been happening, uh, a lot of people are trying to buy chest freezers and can't get a hold of chest freezers and the people at Best Buy or Lowe's have no idea when they're coming in. So um, I found a local plumbing supply place here in Austin and I called that guy and he goes, well, I don't know. Let me call Whirlpool and find out. So he called Whirlpool and like 10 minutes later, he called me back and goes, yeah, I can get one for you in July. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, oh, cool. Local business. The guy knows what he's doing. He's got the direct phone to Whirlpool, you know, with his supplier there. So, uh, so that was awesome. I don't really want to go look, look, look. I just want to ship the damn thing to my house. You know, I want to be, I'm right. Like, yeah. I'm if you, right. Yeah. If you just want to ship it from your house, uh, what I would suggest is, um, just again, stick to major stores that have a, a solid reputation of following through on what they say they're going to do. Got it. So, but okay. Avoid the drop shippers though. Avoid those guys. Cause they, then you're going to just be with the middleman who can't give you customer service and the returns are going to be probably a little harder. Mm. Um, so, cause I haven't taken a, a, a survey on this, but this is the reason why I decided to go down and buy it local because I went through three chest freezers before I got one that wasn't dented or smushed or oh, bent okay. uh, after I opened it up. And so, uh, and I actually was opening up there at the store because I said, look, I want to, I want to do this one time. I don't want to have to make three trips back. So we opened three boxes that were, I mean, the, 
a couple of boxes were clearly somebody dropped this off of the forklift. You know, it's like it's just a giant dent in the box. Uh, so you want to avoid that. The only other real thing would be uh, just the location of the compressor. Uh, Whirlpool. So most compressor compartments have a little rectangular box that kicks out. So like if you're looking at it, uh, a chest freezer from the side, there's uh -huh. a kick out, a rectangular kick out where the right cover, here. yeah, right, right in there. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So that, that goes all the way from the, the, the back wall to the front wall. Uh, what's unique about the Whirlpool is that they have an angled compressor compartment that takes up about half the space as the Frigidaire. So if oh. you want just a tiny bit of extra leg room, you can extend your feet another, you got another eight inches. Uh, in the Whirlpool. The chest freezer is not like a hot tub where you're going to be lounging in it for extended periods of time. It's more of just a few minutes in, a few minutes out. You know, optimizing comfort is not the purpose. Now, okay, what are the other big items that you need to order when you make a chest freezer? In terms of like the big major items, there's a lot of little miscellaneous things, but uh, okay. the, some of that is going to depend upon uh, what your tolerance for and time allow, allotment is for doing maintenance. So for me, I want to just buy a chest freezer, have it on some sort of timer outside. For the most part, I just want it to be at 50 degrees at like 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. every night. And I want the water to be clean. I'll, I'll rinse off before I go in. And that's about all I want to mess with. So you're, you're going to look at uh, basically in terms of hardware or, or other electrical components, uh, there's going to be really two big things and uh, maybe two little things that you're going to need. Um, the first big thing is going to be an ozone generator. And okay. uh, that's, there's, there's a lot of different options for water sanitation. Um, but the, in my opinion, the ozone was like the thing that you had to do the least amount of maintenance with. You know, I looked at chlorine and I thought, man, I don't want to be a chemist. It's, there's just going to be too much involved with that. All the testing and the, you know, the balancing, the upping, the downing and all that kind of stuff. So, um, the problem with ozone generators, and I, I learned this firsthand, was that, uh, <laughs> the, um, typical ozone generator, and I bought one for a hot tub. I called you know, probably a bunch of different hot tub stores and finally found this lady in California who had actually worked for one of the major ozone generator manufacturers before she started her own hot tub company. And I mm -hmm. uh, had a lot of great conversations with her. And so I ordered this ozone generator and I found out very quickly that it didn't work with the, uh, the pump that I was using, which okay. was not a hot tub design pump. And okay. so, um, so, so what I learned was that you actually have, if you buy a hot tub ozone generator, you have to have a hot tub pump to power it. Okay. Or to, to create the correct amount of pressure and suction to mix that ozone. Otherwise, it doesn't do anything. Okay. And so I thought, well, I got this ozone generator. I need to buy a hot tub pump. And then I need to buy a hot tub filter. And then how do I plumb that into the, the, the chest freezer? So that sent me down this huge Pandora's box. But since then, I've learned this a much more simple way. And that is to find an ozone generator that has a built-in pump. And okay. so uh, I found this company. I was thrilled to pieces. I cannot tell you how excited I was to find this company called Jed Engineering. I see and, it on uh, your site here. Yep, there it is. Yep, they've been around for a long time. They're in California. I had a number of very, uh, you know, great conversations with these guys. They really know what they're doing. They know their stuff. Um, just their, their customer service is just impeccable. And so I, I ordered one of those things, and it was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So um, that's nice. the ozone generator that I recommend. It is designed to last for about, I think it's 20,000 hours. Okay. And the great, the great thing is if you're just a little proactive about how you, if you rinse yourself off before you get in there, you know, you're not getting in there all sweaty after a workout. Um, you can put this thing on a timer and you'll need to figure out the timer. And that's just one of the minor things you'll need to buy. It's just a, uh, you can buy a fancy one or you can buy just a simple mechanical appliance timer okay. uh, that you can plug this thing into. Uh, I only run mine 30 minutes a day. Nice. And nice. my water stays crystal clear for six months, five to six months. Um, wow. The only thing, there's no smell, there's no odor, there's no particulates. It's just clean. It's just, it's great water. Well, I'm going to buy this ozone generator then. It sounds like that's my move, man. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, what? Okay, so I, I got to figure out the measurements. Um, I'll double check those. And then it sounds like I'm in good shape as long as I get clear on uh, who I'm buying it from. Well, I'm in Austin. I mean, I kind of feel bad because the people that are watching this channel, most of them are not in Austin. So I don't, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, a guy um, who has whirlpools right now that you can get in July, I guess, huh? Well, I know a guy who's got frigidaires. Um, 
but uh, again, what, what they can do is go through the phone book and just uh, look through, uh, or, or phone book, shows you how old I am, right? So uh, just, go, just Google local plumbing supply, and okay. uh, if you can find somebody who's a local plumbing supply or local appliance guy, so not a big box, uh, typically those guys can get those um, uh, chest freezers, and you'll probably find the one that'll come up, because that's exactly what I did. It, it's probably... And I called a few Ferguson. Yeah, there it is. Those are the guys I called. <laughs> Ferguson. So, um, okay. Yep. So they, they were super helpful, but they, they can get uh, the Frigidaires. And I, I think, well, I, I talked to them two weeks ago, but they can get them. And they, they were saying like uh, the end of July, maybe uh, beginning of August. Got to be expensive to ship a chest freezer. You know, that's 14 cubic feet. I mean, these things are not like lightweight and they're huge. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Most of these companies are offering uh, whatever that price is you see up there. That includes shipping. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think I just need to kind of talk to them. I mean, do, do you, so the whirlpool you said kind of has that advantage where you could kick your feet out even more with, yes. with the model. So that's kind of cool. Yes. Um, yeah. As far as durability, you know, assuming that they're both good sellers, there, there shouldn't really be much of a difference in like the, the selection on that choice. Uh, none at all. Yeah. Okay. Or very little. Okay. Gotcha. Both very high, highly rated. And I know in your book, you, you really went into detail and you kind of give people a bunch of options based on their budget and what they want to invest in to do the filtration. So you can do like ozone generator is kind of the, if you have the money and you want just, you know, something that's just going to run and take care of it, it seems like that is your best option for, for your money and time. Well, uh, yeah, and I want to make a, a clear distinction too, just to make sure. And I know this is an, uh, a fine point, but uh, the umbrella is clean water, and that entails three things. And sanitation is one of those things. But the other two things you must have are circulation and filtration. Okay. And uh, the ozone generator will sanitize the water, but it doesn't circulate or filter. And so you will need to get a separate pump and filter, which is the other big purchase. Okay, gotcha. So this, this alone needs the water to be circulated and kind of pumped through a filter from another device in the, in the chest. Correct. Freezer. Typically what I recommend is uh, using a, an aquarium pump and filter that's built into one unit so you don't have two separate things. Mm -hmm. And if you find one that's submersible, you just put it right into the cold plunge and uh, you just run that cord over the side. I wouldn't drill a hole, an extra hole for that. Uh, you know, the, the little tiny gap that's in between the top of the wall and the lid from that cord is minimal. And it's, you know, uh, that's just the easiest way to do it. Okay. And then do you drill a hole into the side of the wall to kind of like run the tubing or do you recommend just going um, to the top or? That's a good question. So um, I have seen two people drill holes through the side and that makes me a little nervous because uh, you're, I'm not really sure where each and each chest freezer, all those chiller lines are. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we could reasonably guess that if you plug it in and you can kind of tell that there's less heat, the chest freezer gets very hot when it's dissipating the heat and that's our, uh, or chilling down on the inside, it, it gets rid of the heat through the external walls. That's how it works. And uh, you can kind of feel where it's not as hot. And so it, it might be a safe bet to go through the wall. However, uh, for me, uh, going through the lid was the most risk-free option because there's, other than the light, there's nothing else that's in the lid except for just insulation. And that where sense. that one cable runs to where the power cord is, don't do it on that side, do it on the opposite side. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I just drilled a hole in there and, you know, with that tubing, it's flexible and, you know, opening the lid and closing the lid doesn't really cause any or much movement at all. Okay. Um, just on the tube. So it's not pulling on any of the connectors. So um, I did go through the floor. Uh, I drilled two holes in the floor. That was when I was using the hot tub pump and that entailed a gigantic amount of work uh, because the chest freezer had to be elevated on a platform. And then there was about 14 feet of plumbing and just, yeah, it was it valves. It was a huge hassle. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you said we need also a filter, right? A filter and a pump. Yep. And if you buy one of those, uh, uh, everything that's built into uh, one thing, uh, if, if you go to the, uh, click on products on Amazon, uh, the, the one I found that works uh, very, has worked very well. And, and a lot of other people have been using this as well, is the uh, Marine Land. It's an aquarium pump and filter, and it works perfectly for a 14 cubic foot chest freezer. This one right here? So, yep. So the, the one on the left, uh, actually to your left there, that, that box, the Marine Land, that's the pump housing, and it comes with that white filter that you see on the right. Okay. So I would... You know, order one of those and then the replacement filter. I like to have a spare filter on hand that I just trade them out each time. 
So that okay. way I can clean one and put one immediately back in and dry it. Uh, it just seems to prolong the, the life of the filters a little bit. But, does, this, um, does this sit in the water? It sits in the water, right? It sits right? in the water. It's completely submersible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's also something you want to unplug before you get in. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I'll have like a, a connection between the GFCI outlet outside because I'm going to put this on my deck. Um, there's a little Perfect. overhang. So there's just nice. a lot of space there. Um, and then I'll just, wherever the connection for the electricity is, I'll just, I'll have the time, I'll have like a disconnect there. And then all the plugs will come well, off. Like yeah, what, yeah, what I would suggest and what the electricians suggest is that um, switches are still have a potential for arcing. Okay. Uh, so what you want to do is just plug everything into, if you've already got the GFCI outlets uh, mm-hmm. on your on your outdoor patio, all yeah. you need to do is just get an outdoor extension or not uh, a power strip that has three plugs in it or three yeah. or more and then just unplug that whole thing and that'll yeah. turn everything off. That'll turn off the ozone generator, the pump and the uh, temperature controller, uh-huh. which is the next big piece that you need to order. In the uh, freezer, right? Itself, yeah. It'll be plugged yeah, in. Yeah besides, well. the, yeah, besides the freezer, yeah. So I want to get- so I think I said uh, there were- Oh, go ahead. I think I said there were two big pieces, but I, I think I said there were two big things you need to order, but there was actually three. So the ozone generator and the uh, pump filter. This one will come with its own filter already in it, the Marine Land. That is, yes, that is correct. Okay, got it. Cool. So then I'll just add one, one and then I have a spare. Um, right. Okay. And then, um, so we've got the pump, the filter, the ozone generator. I'm going to add this. And then what... Um, what else? We need welding stuff, right? JB Weld, you recommend? Yeah, JB Water Weld, correct. That's up here. And this, you said this, you need about, how many tubes do you typically go through when you're doing ceiling for a 14-foot cubic chest freezer? That, that's a good question. And it's going to depend specifically on the chest freezer. So uh, each chest freezer has a different amount of seams. And uh, okay. what you'll find on this, uh, the JB Water Weld there, that, that two ounce stick, it's an, it's an epoxy putty. And um, depending on how you apply it, if you apply it according to the manufacturer's directions, uh, one tube will cover about 16 inches worth of seams. Okay. So, uh, and that's linear inches. So if you have a, uh, my Whirlpool, I think I, I took about, um, oh, and, I, and, I, and this will probably be different than the number I say in the book, but I think I, I used about 15 tubes. Um, however, I've also helped people uh, build their or seal their chest freezers and they've used way more than that so maybe 20 tubes because uh, they just wanted to be absolutely certain that nothing went wrong um, and it also depends on whether you want to seal that upper seam too so the the seams that are underwater absolutely you need to seal those with the, the with the jb water weld or the epoxy putty um, if you if you look at the seam that is on the inside between uh, the, the top of the wall and the lid. There's that plastic molding that goes all the way around. Uh-huh. That seam, that wall ends right underneath that molding, that white plastic molding that you're showing. And Got so uh, splashing water can get in there. So I think it's a great idea to seal that seam. Just seal um, that for, as well. Yeah, uh-huh. just to seal that as well. And that that right there is going to take probably eight tubes. Um, so if you, if you figure uh, eight feet to a side, at another two feet, nine, 10, uh, at about 12 feet. So uh, that's 144 inches. Um, divide that by 16. Um, shoot. Yeah, don't ask me to do math on my head. <laughs> it's going to be less <laughs> but, than 12, uh, but you know, it'll be like around eight or nine, I guess. Right. Yeah. So yeah, right around another eight tubes. That sounds, that sounds about right. So yeah, another eight tubes to, uh, yeah, eight or nine, exactly nine, uh, by the okay. way. So yeah, I would, so I would order, um, I would order about 25 tubes, you know, 25 tubes. To, yeah. Right around there to have, have it just to have an extra one. It's good to have one on hand. If something, you know, you need one. Update that. Um, limit has a five per customer. Five per customer. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Well, 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 well you, you oh, might shoot. need to, you might need to make that trip to Lowe's uh, or, or if you just do it on a different, if you do separate orders, I, I didn't realize mm-hmm. they were doing that on there. I'll just pick them up. I mean, once I start getting them, I'll, it'll be easy to grab more of them um, over the next right several weeks because the, the right. big thing is finding this chest freezer and getting that shit. yeah you've got some time uh, yeah you've got some time before that thing comes in so uh, okay so i've got the filter we've got the jb weld we've got the the pump and the ozone generator are we missing yes. anything else uh 
yes, the, the one oh. major last major thing is going to be the temperature controller. This is so the, on the most simple level, you can just, uh, you know, unplug it in and unplug it. But really, that's not simple because you've got to keep an eye on that thing. No. You know, oh, I forgot. I got no. busy. The giant ice cube again. Right. No. So. Um, Yes. So, so the temperature controller. Now, some people also want to put it on a timer, but you know what? With the 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 uh, the Inkbird is like a forty dollar temperature controller. There is no reason to spend ten or fifteen or twenty dollars on a decent timer when you can get a temperature controller for like just twenty dollars more. So, the Inkbird is a great option uh, for an entry level temperature controller. And the great thing about this is that it actually is not based on time. Okay. It's not based on the ambient outside temperature, and these are all variables. You know, how much heat does your body generate? What this thing is going to do, that sensor that's there, uh, that metal thing on to the right of the actual controller, right uh, goes in the water. Yeah. So yeah, that mm -hmm. thing there, <clears throat> and what that does is it's it's uh, it's regulating or cal calibrating based on the actual water temperature. And you said a so range. One, you set a range. So you set your target temperature. Say for you, it's like 50 degrees. Yep. So you can make a choice. You can say, well, I'm going to set my target at 48 and set the increment at two. So that way it'll range between 48 to 50. Or you can say, if you're okay with between 50 and 52, you mm -hmm. know, set that two degree Fahrenheit range. And that way uh, it'll shut off the temp it'll shut off the uh, chest freezer if it's between that range. And as soon as it hits your upper limit, whether that's 50 or 52, it kicks it on. And that way it's a set it and forget it. Will it be constantly turning on and off all all day long then? Uh, not constantly. Uh, you know those chest freezers are very well insulated, and um, you know if, if it's if it's not in the now if you have it in the outside, if it is exposed to direct sunlight, that is going to make it run more frequently. Uh, mm -hmm. But the chest freezers are really designed to cycle on and off. So Inkbird timer. So we got the timer, we got the pump, we got the ozone generator, and we got sealant, and then we've ordered the freezer. Have we covered our bases? Yes. Um, you've covered all the major items. Uh, there's going to be several other small things that you'll need to get. There's a there's a company called uh, a website called greatmats.com and go to the um, I think it's three eighths of an inch. So basically, what you'll do is you'll just get enough of those mats. I think you'll need probably either um, four or six. Uh, I'm, try I'm trying to remember if you need six or eight of them. The, the, the Whirlpool is about four feet wide, or you might need nine. It just kind of depends on the area that you're in. If you order enough of those to cover the floor, you'll once you put them all together, you'll set the chest freezer on there, let it sit for a few minutes, and then take it off, and you'll see where you need to cut out the feet. Oh, okay. Okay. And then it'll support it'll support the bottom very nicely. And that that is one other thing that I like about the Whirlpool is that it has the feet itself are molded out of the same piece of metal as the rest of the bottom of the chest freezer. So you said, are you putting tiles then, like these tiles, or or a yes, yep, I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely use the tiles. And uh, you don't need the real super like the fourteen forty per tile. That sounds like uh, that's a way more expensive tile than what you probably need. If we could find the ones that are kind of in the one ninety nine per square foot and below, like this, is this kind of? Yeah, that's. I think that's that's that looks more like what you want there. And you just need uh, like basically what six of them, uh, three by I, I three. Think, I, I think you're probably going to need nine. Let's let's go back to the. Are you going to order the Whirlpool or the Frigidaire? Do you think? I think I'm going to order the Whirlpool because you just said it's okay. it like it's easier to work with. Yeah, I think so. It is. Uh, so for what we're doing here, definitely. So I would go to just click on that Whirlpool. And what that'll do is pull up. Oh, uh, well, actually, I just saw the measurements there. But we're gonna, it should pull up some specifications. Um, 48 inches wide. So, um, so that it's four feet wide by basically three feet deep. So you would basically need, um, you know, four, you would need 12. 12 if they, are they, those are one foot wide. I think they're two by two. Oh, two by two. Perfect. I think they were two by two. Yeah, so basically what you would do is create uh, just four of those. So that would give you just a, a few extra inches on the, the width. Um, now, if you wanted to order two additional masks to kind of have like a little landing pad or a, a standing pad on the outside of the chest freezer, okay. you know, some people like to do that. The freezer itself is not sitting flat on the, the mat itself. We cut out the leg holes. So what I'm going to do is I've got these composite shims and I'm going to work through the flooring and just place them under the floor to support it and just see uh, if we can not see but actually get this thing so that it's got support across the flooring wherever it needs to be so I plan on keeping this thing here for a while at least a year from now if not longer so I want to put support under the under the actual 
flooring to kind of reinforce uh, the weight of the water because these chest freezers aren't designed to actually get that much weight in them. So this will give us a little bit more reinforcement. So we got timer, we got the, the flooring pad. So we will need uh, an outdoor rated power strip that has okay. at least three outlets on it. Something Anything like this that's maybe warm. Yeah, any, anything that's rated outdoor will be fine. Well, the, the, you don't want the one with the stake. Um, Man, this is a little, little harder. Maybe outlet power switch yeah. or wireless remote. No, I don't need that. Weatherproof. There you go. Which, yeah, that one says weatherproof. Though, but the triangular one that looks kind of funky. Yeah, I don't know. It's got some sort of What's like the, remote control on remote it. Remote control? Kind of on, on, on oh, remote. I see. I see. Hmm. Yeah, you really don't need that remote control thing. Um, right. Sometimes and it's got a very short, it's got a short extension cord on it, which... Uh, I'm not too thrilled about. Yeah. Yeah. The plug. Um, well, so here, here's, here's, so here's the other option. And this is what uh, other folks have done. If you, um, if you want to just get a, uh, um, like a little plastic box to mm -hmm. put everything in, or if you want to have like a little, uh, build a shelf or a little, buy a little shelf to put everything on, you know, I've seen people build uh, like little utility shelves where you, you know, if you have like a little shelf to put things on, because the other thing you will need to do with the JET 203 is it does need to be mounted on something vertically. So whether that's a piece of wood simply leaned up against something or uh, whether it's like a little shelf that you can, you know, either tie it to with wires or you know put screw it's a wood shelf you could screw something into so it's going to be mounted to it screwed into something or can you zip tie it to like a small little wire you rack could, or something you could easily zip tie it yeah you sure could um that's a real simple way to do it i've also seen people uh will you, get uh, like that heavy glue, duty glue velcro out of the freezer uh, I wouldn't attach it to the side of the freezer because uh, that the outside of the freezer gets really hot and the, okay. the heat that that generates is probably not good for the longevity of any other kind of electrical equipment. That makes sense. Wire shelf. And okay. You, and you can, and, and the top of the ozone generator, the, the casing that, that, that uh, comes with it has two holes and they're designed to have uh, screws. If, so if you put two screws into the wall, you can put it in and then just pull it down and it'll stay there. Those holes for the screws could also be, uh, have wire ties inserted. So if you want to use a metal shelf rather than a wood shelf, it would be easy to wire tie or just get some wire and wrap it around. Uh, that could be done as well. Okay. Are we pretty covered here? Do we still have stuff? <laughs> There's um, a lot of stuff here. Yeah, pro probably the only other thing you're going to need is uh, mainly is going to be just that step. Um, everything else will be pretty much for the, um, you know, the drilling the holes and that sort of thing. And, and those are tools that I have that I can help you with. So there's no need for you to go out and buy extra tools or anything uh, to get the hole. Okay, cool. There. Um, there, well, uh, yeah, with regard to that, we're going to need uh, probably just a few little miscellaneous things uh, to, to uh, properly seal that hole and to make a nice, uh, we're going to sort of hand make a grommet out of a couple of PVC plugs. Uh, for the hole that's going to go in the top. So we'll need to get a couple of PVC plugs. Yeah, there it is. It's on the left next to the red ones. That one it's right the there? U450. Yeah. Now, what you're going to want to get, though, is um, not the three-quarter inch. We're going to need the one inch. And actually, I want to double-check that because, it's again, it's been a while since I've built this thing. And, and how much are they charging for that? $5. Um, oh, no, no, no. Three-quarter. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, that's about... Um, six times more than what it really should be. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but again, I, I got them from Lowe's. I mean, if you want just the convenience of having it in. Uh, the thing I would need to double check, though, is the um, the size. And that's in the book. I don't know if you can pull that up real quick and look over in the section where it talks about uh, installing the ozone generator. And I've got an entire video on this also that walks through that entire installation process. But uh, in there, it actually specifies Equipment needed two one-inch threaded PVC plugs. The outer diameter of the thread and the plug need to be the same as the hole. So that's it. Yeah, um, just get two two of those, and then you'll need to order a just a bit of uh, like rubber foam insulation that we'll just kind of shove in there around the ozone tubing to help keep dust and critters and stuff out of there. I can that, go to those and get that if I need to. Yeah, Lowe's would be the place to go. Those 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 guys have it there. So they're gonna have uh, openings on both sides. Uh, one side will be closed, and then okay. one side will be open, and then we're gonna drill a hole through the open part or the closed part. So we were gonna drill a hole through that top part that's there. So would this one work right here? Um, you know that. You know what? Without seeing what's underneath that, uh, the underneath part of that needs to be 
open. Um, otherwise, that would make drilling the hole much, much harder. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order them and I'll look at them. Um, All right. And, and, so, so, Steve, so let's do a search also for uh, foam, right? for foam or, or rubber pipe insulation, foam rubber pipe insulation, or just foam uh, pipe insulation. Foam. And we're looking for the uh, thing that looks like a sleeve uh, that goes around a piece of pipe. It's maybe six feet long. That's it right there. Um, the K-Flex USA. Um, go down two. There you go. That, one. Right that one right there. Uh, use that to shove down into the... Uh, the gap that's created uh, between the top and the bottom of the lid. And yep. then you use JV Weld to seal the, the gaps then? or um, I do not uh, because that's, uh, well, you could. I just leave mine loose and I did that basically for maintenance. If, if I ever decide I wanted to clean it or wipe it off or if dust gets in there, I just found it really easy to remove those things to pull them out. I would say we could easily seal the top one to the top of your chest freezer. Uh, sealing the one that's inside is a little more problematic because the inside of the lid is a piece of plastic that's movable uh -huh. and uh, it's not, you can't really easily seal it to that because of the fact that it moves. Okay. So that, that plastic is only attached around the outside edges. It's not attached in the middle. Man, it's like there's a lot of steps in here that no one talks about and you know that their chest freezer is probably gonna fail on them in, in you know a month or two. Right. They're just like, I got water, I got a chest freezer, I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> right. Man, I mean, we've got, so we've, we've got, we're gonna get the, I'm gonna get the mat here. I'll get the, um, I'll look for the Whirlpool. I'll get the jet okay. ozone generator. Um, okay. And then in our cart, we have $181 for the plug, the foam, the outdoor um, smart timer for the ozone generator power, the electric timer for the freezer, that's Wi-Fi controlled, We'll have to add more JB Weld, so right. that'll be like another 20 cans of that. And, right. and then we have, uh, this was the filter, and then the actual pump with the filter. Right, yes. Man, are we missing anything, John? So kind of the, so we've got the power. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got where, you, where you're gonna put it. Um, we've got the chest freezer selected. We've got a sealant picked out. Um, you really don't need to put a liner into the whirlpool because that's got the, the white interior. Uh, we have a way to control the temperature. We've got uh, water sanitation. We've got a pump. We, we, so we've got filtration and circulation and sanitation. Those are our three things there. And then uh, we're supporting the bottom. And um, let's see. Got the extension cords. You got GFCI built in. We've got the appliance timer. You are you in an apartment? Yes. Okay. So do you have an external faucet or hose bib that fits a regular garden hose outside somewhere? Not here. We we're gonna have to fill up buckets or you know find a creative okay. way to load water in. Okay. So yeah, there's there's a couple of ways to go about this. So. Um, the first way, the most simple way to do that would be just to fill up buckets, but that's also going to take a lot of, uh, we'll need a bucket brigade, <laughs> invite all your friends over, have a pizza party, because uh, that's a real painful, you know, slow way to do that. Um, there are faucet adapters, so you will need a garden hose. Okay. And then what you'll need to do is get a faucet adapter that can attach to your kitchen sink. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky and where you might need to go down to Lowe's for this is because uh, unless you buy one that's maybe more universal, not all kitchen sinks have the same size threads on them. Right. All right. So filling up so, the, the freezer, we're going to plug into the, so the we're faucet. We're going to plug into the faucet. Okay. So we'll turn on, but we need to find a, an adapter that fits this thread size here. Okay. To the garden hose. Okay. So when you go down to Home Depot, you want to take this little piece with you. Okay. And then when you get back, just be sure to put this back in. Green side is up, gasket goes in, and then it just screws on. And I went to Home Depot and just found an adapter that I've got in here now that's actually really hard to screw out with a rubber gasket. And this adapter can then be connected by the garden hose or whatever hose you're going to use. And you can you can completely seal the water connection going to the hose. So that's how you get the hose. We're gonna go get the hose and load the water and go from there. What about equipment you need for draining it out? 
I guess that will come with it out. Yeah, so that, that garden hose uh, will be the thing to use also for the draining. Um, and, you know, there's, there is a drain on the outside of the chest freezer, and the chest freezer does come with an adapter that you just push. It's a push adapter. You push into the, the chest freezer, and then it's got a, a thread for a garden hose on the outside of it, and you just attach that hose to it and just run it off your balcony or wherever it needs to go. <laughs> um, be raining down on the on the neighbors. I'm on the top floor here, so there's gonna be a yeah. Ah, okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> Actually, one other thing occurred to me. Uh, you, it might be um, even though the, the the white metal interior chest freezers are much stronger than the other ones, and we are supporting the bottom. Um, if you want to get a wet area floor mat to put inside the chest freezer. That will okay. just help protect the bottom again. I mean, you're, you're not going to be getting in there with shoes on or anything like that, but right. um, that can just protect it from, you know, maybe there's a little bit of gravel or something that got in there by accident somehow. And when you step on that gravel with your foot, that scratches the thing and there you next you got rust. So um, that wet area floor mat will help protect the floor from those little you know, incidental or accidental debris that might get in there. Let's take a look. Something like... Uh... They're just like that, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, actually, the the one the one above it that, that says the twenty four by thirty, like that's the style you want. That's got the holes in it. Uh, you okay. probably want something the twenty four by thirty six. Um, you might. Well, that actually might work. This first one wasn't too bad. Maybe mm -hmm. just get two of these, or because it's well, about four see. feet though. Right. Yeah, it's almost four feet. So uh, you know what? Then that's going to work. That would actually pretty much work. So the whirlpool on the inside is going to be 40 inches wide, but you need to subtract out about 11 inches, 9 to 11 inches for the compressor. So really, we're looking at 31 inches. So if it's 36 inches wide, yeah, a 36 by, and it's 21 inches, 21 and three quarters inches uh, deep front to back. So a two foot by three foot would be fine. All right, so one of the things we ordered was a rubber mat and this is to protect the floor. So when pebbles or dust from the actual, um, you know, walking on my deck to the plunge, when I, when I get into the plunge, I don't wanna be pushing those against the paint on the bottom of the flooring to kind of scrape it up and cause uh, breakage in the paint and eventually have rust. So this rubber mat will keep, will keep a buffer and it will provide protection on the floor so that if debris gets in there, it'll just kind of sit in these sections. And then when I clean it out, I can just take this out and then you know drain it. And then I can scrape out whatever's there without having it being pushed around all the time while I'm plunging. Okay, that's the mat. And then you, you did mention a fishnet, right? Like fine, fine. Yeah, if you want to just get a little fishnet for scooping out hair or skin flakes, you know, <laughs> anything that might be floating around in there. And then uh, you might consider, depending on, you know, when you, um, when you go for maintenance, you know, another maintenance item uh, would be just uh, a nice microfiber cleaning cloth. You might already have that on hand. Uh, depending on how you, uh, what your tolerance is for cleaning chemicals, uh, white vinegar or hydrogen peroxide are two really simple ways to clean that. Or you okay. can use any green cleaner, you know, once every five to six months when you drain it. Um, you know, you don't have to get fancy. It doesn't have to be anything abrasive or, you know, super toxic or anything. As far as like the functional part of it, I think we've got 100% of everything we need to make this thing work. I'm going to think about the outer, outer protection. Cause I know like up, you know, downtown and we get these rain, these real hard downpours right. from time to time. Right. Yeah. I would say that it's a, if you, if you just get a, uh, just a simple basic tarp, uh, if you want to cover, cover it with that, that would be the, uh, the most simple way to go. Uh, but it's not going to form fit very well. Um, I yeah. don't know if, um, you might consider as soon as you start looking at custom barbecue stuff, your your price goes up because those guys are like you know really high end things. But you might be able to find a barbecue cover uh, that would be for a large barbecue pit that would fit. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm trying to think who else might have like custom covers. Most of the folks that I've talked to or have reported on this sort of thing that are keeping it outside uh, just put tarps over it. That makes sense because I feel like with the compressor and the hinges it's going to be hard to cover everything from the elements. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I can do that. That's not, that's not too big of a deal. So awesome. Okay. I'm excited, man. Thank you so much. This is like awesome. This is going to be fun. Well, next stage, we'll have to get this ordered. I'll let you know yeah. what I order. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Keep me posted. I'll, I'll figure out the whirlpool and then um, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the faucet here sorted out so that we can kind of, you can just let me know what you think as far as a hose option. 
Right. Yeah. You can shoot me some pictures on that and uh, let me know what you've got in there and we'll, we'll figure that piece out. Uh, again, worst case scenario, uh, we'll, we'll get a pump that you just start filling up the bathtub and you have that pump hose, uh, pumping water from the bathtub into the chest freezer with the oh, garden man. hose. Yeah. That's what I did. I, I had one of my, I think my second or third uh, version, I was in an apartment. I had the chest freezer sitting in the middle of my living room. Uh, definitely a bachelor thing. Um, you know, I did, I did not have a girlfriend at that time uh, to, to veto that, that setup. But uh, yeah, I was pumping water from my bathtub into the chest freezer. Then, uh, so yeah, it worked. <laughs> You're awesome, man. So before I fill the walls, I'm going to actually go in here and I, I've wiped down everything with a paper towel and some water and I'm going to vacuum this last bit of dust and debris so that there's just nothing left in here. So when the water comes in, it doesn't give me a bunch of sediment and have it already in there. Like I just learned how to build the chest freezer and right. this guy's the real deal. Like it's not just a chest freezer that's going to like fail on me in four weeks, but it's actually going to last me, you know, right. many years. So Right. Cool. Yeah, I want to think long term. You know, I think one of the questions that you actually had in that uh, uh, the, the thing that you sent me was, uh, "What is what is the biggest mistake you see people making?" Yep. Yep. And that is they're not thinking long term. Yeah. And they and they make a, and they they set that short term instant gratification and, and and you know this from what you do too. I mean, it's like people are thinking short term. They want the instant gratification, and that sets everything else into motion. That's going to just be disaster, disaster, just problem, problem, problem. And then you've got not only to fix that problem, you've got to fix the ripples of that problem. You're like going down these Pandora boxes of like fixing the problem that was caused by the problem. And there's more problems. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I did that. I was, I did that. I went there. So it's like, I know it's like, and so the, that's probably the most frustrating thing for me is like when we have the knowledge that's there for people and they, then they choose to ignore it and then they, you know, set it into motion and it's like, and then they come back saying, Oh, what can I do to fix this? It's like, well, let's move forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the way I went about it, I was looking on YouTube and there's a bunch of people that have done chest freezers on YouTube. There's like probably yes. a half dozen pretty good videos, but nobody really talks about exactly how to seal it what do you use to seal it nobody talks about which model I, like the first interaction i had with you i was like there's a best buy insignia 14 cubic chest freezer and you're like well it's got a metal interior it's gonna rust like like nobody's business and i'm like that's probably right. why it's still available <laughs> it's like right and so and then you, you're like look for ones that are painted inside because they're more durable um right and cool well thank you john well, all right have a good evening and uh, okay, you too. Touch. You started the cold plunge chest freezer, chest freezer cold plunge group. You got it. And you've been doing this since 2013, 14? Uh, I started Wim Hof in about 2013, uh -huh. uh, 2014. And uh, so I've been doing cold water immersion since then. Okay. Found it very difficult to find cold water in Texas, central Texas, yeah. and uh, converted a chest freezer about three years ago. Okay. And so I went through a lot of trials and tribulations for that. And after discovering a lot of things, you know, started a Facebook group, mm -hmm. we've been helping other people convert chest freezers. Uh, with, you know, to solve some of their problems and preempt a lot of the common mistakes. So we've got about 3,000 people on the Facebook group in about 82 different countries. And uh, it's been an, an awesome process. But uh, ended up writing a book, you know, there's <laughs> all kinds of, all of these things evolved uh -huh. over the, the years. So one last thing I want to mention, uh, you can, you want to cover your chest freezer. Obviously this, this freezer here is exposed to some of the elements. When we get rain in Austin, it typically is a pretty, hard downpour. Some people find custom barbecue covers that are pretty good. For me, the best thing was to get a 12 foot tarp. You can get this at Lowe's or Home Depot. And it's it's like the, I think it's the 10 mil version. So one of these is like maybe 35, 40 bucks. They're super, super durable. They're basically essentially waterproof. And I have also a couple weather boxes that I picked up. Uh, the first Inkbird, Inkbird timer that I bought I left uncovered and I left it without a tarp and the timer actually melted on the, uh, de the deck here. So I keep this white box here. This tarp folds over the top of everything. I haven't had any issues. This is something to keep in mind if you have your chest freezer and it's out in the exposure of the elements. All right, so we're about 10 minutes in. I'm going to dunk my head. I'm definitely getting cold. So, uh, 
that dunk is just it's priceless. I hope you enjoy this video. I hope it really helps you how to make your own chest freezer cold plunge. Highly recommend it. I think this is one of the biggest investments you can make in your overall health. The athletic recovery, the longevity benefits, the nervous system training. I've been tracking also my blood sugar and have noticed that my blood sugar will drop and it'll really normalize after I cold plunge. There's limited data on that so far, but it is interesting to see just all the physiological effects that happen when you cold plunge. So for me, the biggest thing I notice is that my sleep is much deeper. It feels much more restful. So if you like this video, thanks so much for watching. Click that like button, drop a comment below. Let me know what you think about the content and how it helped you make a chest freezer cold plunge and uh, hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching.